You're listening to Worship Life Radio with Pastor Holland Davis of Calvary Chapel San Clemente on today's edition. So let me ask you, why do you believe that it's your sin that condemns you? Well, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Well, did you know that the word there that is used for sin is not a verb, but it's a noun? Meaning that it's not something you do. It's a state that you live in. It's a state of being. We often think of our sin as separating us from God. And although this is true, it's probably not true in the way that you're thinking. In today's message, Pastor Holland teaches about the translation of the word sin in relation to the verse, the wages of sin is death, found in Romans chapter 6. Did you know the word sin there is not a verb? It's a noun. Our actions don't separate us from God. Our very being does. That's why the Bible stresses that Jesus is the only way to be saved. We need a Savior. Let's join Pastor Holland in the book of Exodus chapter 11 as he continues his message, So Great is Salvation, Part 3. Now, with regards to our study in Exodus, there are 10 plagues. And the 10 plagues signify God's complete revelation of himself to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh represents the world and the world system. And so God is revealing to Pharaoh that God alone is God. That there's only one God. That the gods of the Egyptians are not gods at all. There is only one God in all the earth and there is no one like him is what God says. That you would know that there is no one like me in all the earth. So God is revealing himself as the undefeated sovereign of all creation. That he is the king above all kings and the Lord above all lords. For us as um, Americans, we don't understand the concept of kingship. We don't understand the idea of a monarchy where there is a king that is above us that grants us rights and that takes away rights. We live in a democratic republic where we are guaranteed rights. And so we're used to this idea that, no, these are my rights. And so you have... uh, you know, Prince Harry is, is kind of trying to be, have the American attitude of like, you can't take that name away from us. That's our name. We have a right to that name. And the crown is saying, no, we are the sovereigns. We own that name and we will determine who has that name and who doesn't have that name. And we're, because you have walked away from the sovereignty of England, you are now going to lose that name. And to me, it's, it's really similar to what happens to believers when they walk away from the Lord. That they think that they can, in, you know, have all the blessings of heaven and do whatever they want to do. And it's like, no, we're under command. We're a people that have, we have a king. And that king directs us. That king commands us. That king leads us and we're to follow him. And so God is revealing all of this stuff to Pharaoh. And he reveals himself first of all, as a God of compassion and mercy to the children of Israel, to God's people. In Exodus 6, uh, verses 6 through 8, it says, Therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. 
I will take you as my people and I will be your God. And then you shall know that I am the Lord who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. And so God first reveals himself as a God of mercy and compassion before he ever reveals himself as a God of judgment. Because God is a God of mercy and compassion. Now, You might say to the Egyptians, God revealed himself as a God of wrath. How was that compassion? How was that mercy? How was God merciful to them? Well, in Exodus 9, verses 20 through 21, we read, He who feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh made his servants and his livestock flee to the houses, but he who did not regard of the word of the Lord left his servants and his livestock in the field. The ones that brought their servants and livestock in, those lived. The ones that stayed in the field were completely wiped out by the plague. Now, if you're a God of wrath and a God of judgment, and your intent is to judge and to pour out wrath, you wouldn't warn people. You wouldn't let them know what was going on. You would just bomb them, right? That's what terrorists do. That's what the enemy does. The enemy comes in with a sneak attack. He doesn't warn you. He doesn't let you know, hey, by the way, don't go into this place because I'm going to ambush you. He just bombs you. But a God of mercy and a God of compassion will warn you ahead of time. Will say, don't do that. If you do this, this is going to happen. Make the right choice. And so God warns the Egyptians, tells them a plague is coming, and gives them the revelation on how to live, how to escape death. To the wise, to those who respect God's word, there's life. To the unwise, to those who do not respect God's word, there is death. But the power of choice, the power to choose life, the power to choose death, is left with each person to decide. We have that power to decide. And as I said, a God of wrath would simply judge man with no warning. You broke the law, you didn't appease the gods, you're going to be punished. You're going to lose everything. But God goes out of his way to reveal himself to man So man can make a decision about God based on revelation. Based on revelation. And that's what this whole process has been for Pharaoh. God is revealing himself, educating himself, uh, Pharaoh about who he is, so that when Pharaoh is faced with this final decision, he will know full well the decision that he's making. He won't be able to claim ignorance. He won't be able to say, I didn't know the Lord. I didn't know he was all that powerful. He's going to know how powerful God is. So let's read out of uh, Exodus chapter 11. We're going to begin with verse 4. And it says this, Then Moses said, Thus says the Lord, About midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant who is behind the handmill, and all the firstborn of the animals. Then there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as was not like it before. 
nor shall be like it again. But against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue against a man or beast that you may know that the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptian and Israel. And all these your servants shall come down to me and bow down to me saying, get out and all the people who follow you. And after that, I will go out. Then he went out from Pharaoh in great anger. Now, this 10th plague that is coming, this 10th plague that the Lord is announcing that is going to happen about midnight is death to the firstborn in the land of Egypt. It's a plague of death. It's a sentence of death that is going to come upon all of Egypt. Now, in chapter 12, God is going to give the cure for death. And we'll be looking at that next time when we look at the Passover and the meaning of the Passover. But today I want to look at God's power over death. The fact that death to the firstborn is the tenth plague is significant. It's significant because it represents the final act of revelation to God. It's the final thing that God does to reveal himself. Pharaoh has taken what does not belong to him, the children of Israel. And so God is going to take what belongs to him, and that is all the firstborn males of livestock and of the people. And Exodus 13, a couple of chapters later, gives us a little bit more insight on this. In verse 11 of chapter 13, it says, It shall be... When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, as he swore to you and your fathers, and gives it to you, that you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb, that is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have. The males shall be the Lord's, but every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck, because it belongs to the Lord. And all the firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. And so it shall be when your son asks you in time to come, saying, What is this that you shall say to him? By the strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go, that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all males that open the womb, but all the firstborns of my sons I redeem, I buy back. And it shall be as a sign on your hand and as frontlets between your eyes, for by the strength of hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt by his mighty power. Now, this is a law of God. Even though it's not in the Ten Commandments, God is speaking his law. Every time God speaks, he reveals himself. So the law of God is that everything belongs to him. But the firstborn males, the first fruits, represent the whole. So you don't have to give everything to me, just the first fruits, just the firstborn. And if you give the firstborn, then that will represent all of you. That will represent the whole. So just like the tithe belongs to the Lord, just like the first fruits belong to the Lord, the firstborn males belong to the Lord. They're all his. 
But here we also see introduced the law of redemption. And that is the substitutionary death of an innocent life to redeem the firstborn, to purchase the firstborn out from under the sentence of death. Worship Life Radio with Holland Davis will continue right after this. Hi, this is Holland Davis, and I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in San Clemente. And I just want to take a moment and invite you to come and visit us at one of our Sunday morning services or to our midweek Bible study. Calvary Chapel San Clemente is a Jesus people community right here in the city of San Clemente, California. You know, we identify with our roots in the Jesus movement because that's where I came to Christ. And of course, that's where Calvary Chapel was born. When you come to our church, you're going to find a church that loves to worship the Lord with song. We love to study God's word verse by verse. And we love to share the love of God with other people. If that's the kind of church you're looking for, consider visiting us. You can find out all about us online at calvarysancomeni.org. We look forward to worshiping with you soon, and may God richly bless you. Now, let's continue with today's edition of Worship Life Radio. Now, in this, there are several concepts that are colliding all at once. There are several ideas that, that are just coming together in this one pinnacle, this one point. The first thing being that this is the 10th plague meaning that the 10 signifies the complete. 10 signifies the complete revelation of God himself to man. And so in this 10th play, God is giving his final revelation, which is the revelation of the whole, and it's the revelation of redemption. That every man is born under a sentence of death, but man needs to be purchased out. Man needs to be redeemed, bought out from under that sentence of death in order to have life. We know that the firstborn male belongs to God. We also know from the tithe that the tenth, the firstborn, represents the whole, which means the death of the firstborn in this tenth plague is significant because the death of the firstborn represents the death of the whole nation of Egypt. In the same way that the death of the firstborn represents death on behalf of those who live, The death of the firstborn represents death to all those that are under the world system. So not all of us, in that sense, will die to pay for redemption. All you need is one firstborn. The other underlying message is the payment of death. That death is a payment that everyone will have to make. Something that Greg Laurie says often that one of my favorite things that he says is that one out of every one person will die. It's 100%. No one escapes it. It doesn't matter if you're doing cryogenics. It doesn't matter if you're like working your body and trying to do all these weird diets and all these crazy things. You know, it doesn't matter if you're getting everything in your body lifted. You know, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Our body is going to go out at some point in time. And by the way, just so you know, there is an appointed time that everyone's going to die. God knows that. And so all of these fads of people trying to lengthen their lives, 
It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how healthy you are. It doesn't matter how much you run and how much you buffet your body. That's what I, how I interpret that scripture. Is that the, there's messengers of Satan sent to buffet my body. And so I'm trying to eat better. It doesn't matter because you're going to die when God says you're going to die. It's going to happen. It just it matters. What matters is how do you want to live? How are you going to spend this life that you've been entrusted by God? How are you going to live it out for him? And so in Genesis 3, we see introduced the idea that in order to cover man's sin, it requires the death of an innocent life, an innocent life. And so from the Garden of Eden, we see this principle that death is the payment for sin. And as I said in my introduction, you know, in Exodus chapter 1, Pharaoh commanded all the people to drown every Hebrew newborn male child. And so it wasn't just Pharaoh was guilty. The whole nation was guilty. All the people were participating. Because of the law of reciprocity, the law of reciprocity says that the measure with which you judge will be measured to you. So if I judge you harshly, I'm going to be judged harshly by God. That's how God works. If I bless you generously, God's going to bless me generously. If I withhold blessing from you, God's going to withhold blessing from me. It's the law of reciprocity. And so because of the law of reciprocity, all the male children in Egypt should have been slaughtered. Because the command given by Pharaoh is that all of the male children of the Hebrews, the newborns, will be slaughtered. And so all the male children in Egypt should have been slaughtered as a law of reciprocity. Not just all the male children, but all the people of Egypt, because all the people of Egypt participated in this first holocaust against God's people. Paul said it like this, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. Everyone has sinned. And all are under the judgment of death. But according to the law of the firstborn, the firstborn male child must be redeemed, brought back from death by the substitutionary death of an innocent life. And what's interesting is that the innocent life that God specifies is that of a lamb. An innocent lamb is what has to die. And this is going to set us up more specifically to talk about the Passover. But when you put it all together, when you put all together these concepts of the firstborn, when you put all together the concepts of death being the payment to all, when you, when you put together the idea that one portion represents the whole, one represents all of it, death to the firstborn re represents the death of all. But the firstborn can be redeemed. The firstborn can be bought back from death through the substitutionary sacrifice of an innocent lamb. The substitutionary sacrifice of an innocent lamb. But it has to be a firstborn son. It has to be a firstborn son in order for it to qualify. 
So what is being communicated? What is being revealed? Who is Jesus in relationship to God the Father? Well, the Bible tells us in Psalms 89, verse 27. It says that Jesus is the firstborn of God the Father. Jesus is the firstborn of God the Father, the highest of the kings of the earth. And the death of the firstborn represents the death of all. And so the death of Jesus, the firstborn son of God, represents the death of all of us. And through his death, all mankind can be redeemed. We can all be purchased out from under the penalty of death. And Paul goes into this in Romans chapter 5 where he says, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense judgment came to all men resulting in condemnation, Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in the justification of life. And so, through one death, we're all justified. Through one death, we're taken out from under condemnation. We're no longer condemned. Now, let me ask you a question, and it's a trick question. I'll warn you up front. In the verse that I just read to you, where is the word sin? Nowhere. The word sin is not found there. So let me ask you, why do you believe that it's your sin that condemns you? Well, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Well, did you know that the word there that is used for sin is not a verb, but it's a noun? Meaning that it's not something you do. It's a state that you live in. It's a state of being. And what it means is this. Because Adam sinned, that the problem of man is not Sin, it's separation. You are born into separation. I was born into separation. And so it doesn't matter how good I am. It doesn't matter how perfect I live my life. I will always be under a judgment of sin. Because I don't live in the promised land. I live in Egypt. I'm born into this world. I'm born under the world system. Every person is. And the only way out of the land of Egypt is I have to be born again. I have to be born into another family. I have to be born into another kingdom. Friends, thank you for listening to the program today. You know, the statistics on life are quite staggering. It's been said that one out of every one person is going to die. And on that day, are you going to be ready? Are you going to be ready to meet God? 
Well, you can be ready. You can have that assurance that your sins are forgiven and you're going to heaven by praying a simple prayer and mean it with all your heart to say, Lord Jesus, I want to be ready to meet you. I surrender my life to you. Forgive me for all my sins and wash me clean of all the wickedness I've done. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the power to live for you all the days of my life. And if you've prayed that prayer with me right now, I can tell you with full assurance that you are going to be in heaven. Thanks for tuning in to Worship Life Radio with Pastor Holland Davis. We pray today's teaching has been a blessing to you and drawn you closer to your Savior, Jesus Christ. It's possible that today you're hearing about Jesus for the first time. If that's the case, we're so glad you've joined us today. We want to tell you more about how He can change your life forever. Just visit our website, calvarysanclemente.org, and click on Good News under the Home tab. This will lay out exactly what God's plans were for salvation and how His Son Jesus fits into the picture. You'll also find step-by-step instructions to start this relationship that will make all the difference in your life. If you still have questions or you'd like to talk to someone in person, please don't hesitate to call us. You can reach us at 949-228-9117. Again, that number is 949-228-9117. Do you happen to live in the San Clemente area? If so, come join us this weekend for church. We have services every Sunday and Thursday where we'll dig into the Bible together and spend time getting to know one another in deeper and more meaningful ways. Visit calvarysanclemente.org for service times and directions. You can also be a part of our services virtually. We're streaming through YouTube and Facebook Live as well as on our website. Again, just go to calvarysanclemente.org to connect. That's all we have time for today. Join Pastor Holland next time for another edition of Worship Life Radio. Have you ever wondered what it means to be saved? What are you saved from? Is salvation only about going to heaven? Pastor Holland's message series, So Great a Salvation, will answer these questions and help you discover the rich, abundant life salvation brings. Order your personal copy of So Great a Salvation at worshipliferadio.com.